Hey, hey, feasters, and welcome to episode 64 of the Ask Red Show. I forgot what episode we were up to. Um, so I'm Jason, or Rez if you'd like, and uh, I'm answering your questions so that you can get past the bumps in the road to building a profitable freelance business. And today is, I'm wrapping up that three-part series on how you price your work as a web developer. Uh, in the last two episodes, I shared with you how I went about pricing during my career and a real-life example of a client of mine that I and how I walked through thinking about the value-based pricing. I also shared with you a bit about my apprehension, the fear that I had of the difficult conversations and how I overcame those obstacles. Uh, you also heard me, um, you heard me talk about you know, that by turning the conversation from talking about pricing and what other folks in the market charge to what the value of that solution means to a client, it really washes away any of those pricing conversations because the value is shown right there, black and white in front of the client. And they really just compare that value to their investment in you. In the last episode, in episode 63, I no doubt left you thinking two questions. One, why did you talk yourself out of 12, over $12,000? And two, it sounds all great for e-commerce sites because you can obviously put a dollar amount on that. But what if I don't do e-commerce? How can I quantify the value to my client? So I want to shed some light on both of these subjects. To to answer the first question, why I talked myself out of $12,000, well, I didn't. In fact, I looked at it as an opportunity to make more than that. It comes down to some simple math, really, right? If I spend 10 hours working on solving a problem for a client and make $2,500 on that, my effective hourly rate is $250 an hour. It lowers my risk to work with this client and the opportunity of them being happy much faster is much greater, right? The risk is also lower for them to work with me from both a cost and time perspective, right? We're not locking up oodles amount of dollars and we're also not, <laughs> we're not spending oodles amount of time. Plus, since I am working 10 hours with them, right, I can work with several other clients at the exact same time and build out a repeatable process to produce those same results. Now, on the other hand, if I spend six weeks and roughly, let's say, about 30 hours a week doing a complete redesign of their website, my effective hourly rate is $83. The risk is higher on both sides, you know, from both a cost and time perspective. And the risk is also higher because we don't fully understand if the redesign will result in the goal that the client has. And since I'm dedicating 30 hours per week to this one client, the likelihood of me taking on another client at the same time is much less. If I'm being conservative, I could essentially make $25,000 
and take on 10 of those smaller projects, leaving me about 10 hours less per week than if I did that redesign project. And on the other hand, make 10 clients very happy versus one client that might or might not be as happy as they could be. To answer the second question, which is what if I don't do e-commerce and how can I quantify the value uh, for the client? I get it in content marketing, in design, writing, social media, and many other types of projects, it's often hard to quantify that ROI that a client will have. I encourage you to reflect back on what I said about the three buckets that everybody falls into, the saving time, making money, or making money faster. Find out which bucket your client falls into. Now, the e-commerce side, money, right? But oftentimes in these hard to quantify ROI projects, time is what matters most to the client. They'd much rather use their time to work on the business or perform sales calls or building client relationships or building business you know, development efforts. If you're in a meeting in their office, I encourage you to look around their office for some visual cues of what's important to them. If there are photos of their family, then there's a good chance that they much rather be with them, right, than doing what they're about to hire you for. If there are awards and certificates for the business in and around their office, then chances are that they want to be focusing on advancing the sales or the revenue or just moving the business forward. Whatever it is that they'd rather be doing than writing a blog post or posting on Facebook or building remarketing campaigns, there's a time factor associated to that. Secondary is the money factor. If they are writing a post rather than being on a sales call, that's an opportunity, a money opportunity being left on the table for them. It's your job as the professional to dig deep and find out what that client is losing by way of time and then anchor your price against it. Make it a no-brainer for them to hire you. Business owners value time above all else. If you hone in on how much time hiring you saves them and then equate that to something that they'd much rather be focused on, you no doubt will be successful in your value-based pricing. In the past three episodes, I get it. It's been very deep and they've been very long, but I wanted to be thorough in this. This isn't an easy thing to do, but as you do it time and time again, you'll get much better at it. I promise. And if you have any other questions, ask Grez. That's me by dropping me a tweet, an email, a DM, however other ways in which you can talk to me, I'm more than available to be able to answer that question for you. So until next time, it's your time to live in the feast.